Hey friends, wanted to release a special episode of Beyond Boundaries. Some of you know I released a new book, a gratitude devotional, and uh, my friend Allison Wirt interviewed me uh, for that release, and we're going to release the audio of that interview here. So this is kind of a special Beyond Boundaries episode, not the normal introduction, not the normal quality of me introducing it, um, but here we are. This is my interview with Allison Wirt about my new book, Gratitude Devotional for Men. You can pick it up anywhere you buy books. Uh, we have Justin Douglas here. Some of you may know him. Um, <laughs> I'm Allison Wirt, and uh, Justin and I are going to talk about his book, Gratitude Devotional for Men, Powerful Devotions of Praise and Thanksgiving. There it is. Check it out. <laughs> oh, man, this is hilarious. <laughs> Welcome, yeah. Justin. Welcome, Allison. <laughs> Welcome, Allison. Great to be with you today. Uh, on this yeah. official interview. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited to talk about the book. I, I think uh, it could be cool for some people in our community to check it out. And uh, we thought it would be fun for you to interview me about the book and uh, yeah. have our community kind of just listen in. So how weird is it for you to even just be holding that in your hand right now? Very, very weird. Very weird. When I, <laughs> when it came in the mail, I'll be honest. So this, this happened. It came in the mail and Brittany didn't know what it was. And so she opened it and then she was like, Oh shoot, I wasn't supposed to open that. <laughs> so Brittany was actually the first to hold it in her hand. And then um, she repackaged it for me <laughs> so I could find it. Oh my gosh. And, um, could, like, and, and, and so I could open it, you know, but opening it and like holding it in my hand was like a weird thing. If you want to see that I have it on Instagram, I posted on Instagram um, just like opening it and like being like, I don't know, like I wrote a book and it was like, it was a very interesting process, which we'll probably talk about. But then like when you put a ton of work into something and you've kind of only seen it in like a word document that has been edited over and over and over again, you begin to just be like, it begins to become more of like a grind than like something you actually think you'll physically hold in your hand at the end, or at least you don't really know what that's going to feel like. So it's been, right. it's been fun and unique to like um, see it in my hand. I think it's going to be weird seeing it in other people's hand or like seeing other people post that they're reading it. Um, some, some people are getting advanced copies um, and uh, some of those are starting to roll in or they're reading like the ebook version and they're messaging me. My friend Kurt just uh, did a review of it, which was like nice. really interesting because it was like, you know, he's a friend, but it was like a really good, inter or a good review in the sense of like, you could tell he actually read it. Um, and so uh it's weird to, you know, um, hear people who have got it already, some of those advanced readers telling me they're starting their day with it and things like that. So that's been kind of, that's, yeah, cool. it's kind of that, that's even like equally cool to like holding it in your hand to actually know that like other people are reading it. So, yeah. Right. So tell me, uh, I mean, I want to dig into like the actual contents, but like also, how did you come upon this? Yeah, I had no aspiration to write a book in 2021. That was not on my radar. Uh, and you know this because we've talked about this, but like, uh, I, I don't, I didn't really have a whole lot of margin in my schedule to, 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 to write a book. Um, so there's a, a company called Callisto Media that partners with Rockridge Press, and they're kind of disrupting, if you will, the uh, publishing industry by doing it a little bit differently. And part of what they do is they partner with people like me who are um, uh, aspiring authors. I think down the road, I would like to write a book. This isn't necessarily the first book I saw myself writing, um, but they had an idea for a gratitude devotional. 
Um, and they came across my Instagram uh, and saw some of the content I was putting out and uh, saw that I was a pastor, uh, saw that I had done a TED talk and some other communication things. So uh, they reached out to me and asked if I'd be interested in authoring the book that they already had an idea for and kind of a sketch for. Uh, they didn't have a sketch for like the ideas, like everything was um, mine in the sense of creation, but like the right. general understanding of like, hey, it's probably going to be about five minutes a day devotionals. It's probably going to be about this many words per one, probably going to be about this length is what we're looking at. And so some of that we, we talked through together and we uh, switched up or we added or we did things like that. But like for the most part, they had a pretty good shell. And then I just kind of came in and filled in it with con filled it with content. And it's a wow, very, it's a, kind of like take it and run with it. Like. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and it was a very fast, um, like it was a, it was a eight week. I wrote this book in eight weeks. Um, now I remember seeing your post <laughs> of like your, yeah. And part of that was <laughs> your like calendar and like the countdown basically. Yeah. It was nuts. Um, I don't advise, I don't advise writing books in eight weeks. Uh, not good. Uh, for, well, I mean, I, I think what's interesting is just the whole process of it and talking to other friends of mine who are authors and hearing their process and like it being such a longer process and being like, wow, you had a lot more time to like flesh out ideas or to do things. Luckily for right. me, like I kind of saw there's 70 de devotions in here and I kind of saw each devotion as a little bit of a sermon. So I could kind of go back and look at sermon content. I save all my sermon content and stuff. And so I go back and look at stories that I know that were engaging that I could reshare but then you have to fit it into the word count per one and you have to kind of like fit it into the main theme of gratitude. And, and, uh, and so, yeah, that, that became, you know, challenging, but also like a good challenge, but the time window that that crunch kind of made it challenging. Then after you're done with that eight weeks, you know, then you go into this editing phase where, you know, there's an editor that goes through everything uh, initially, and then there's a second editor. And by the time they're, they're sending me back edits and I'm approving or changing or, they're even saying, right. hey, and this is like, you know, a humbling process because they're even saying that that one devotional entry there. Yeah, cut that one. That one's not good. <laughs> and you're just like, you're oh, like, oh darn. you're like, oh, that hurts. Um, were there well, ever and, like, a, and, was and, there and, ever a time where you were like, you were like, you were just like, I hope this one, you know, passes the, you know, tab. Uh, and then you're like, oh man, I knew that one probably wasn't going to make it. Well, it's hard because you don't want to be repetitive, you know, like obviously this is a gratitude devotional. So you want people talking about or considering gratitude, but you also don't want like every day, like, Hey, be grateful today. Like you, you want it to actually like connect with like, like certain things that are happening in life. And so, um, so yeah, sometimes I would, I guess sometimes what I would do is like, I think I, and this probably came from exhaustion. Like I would probably stretch how much the topic I was talking about was connected to gratitude. And they would kind of call me on that, which is good. Honestly, every editor I worked with made the book better. So there was three editing phases, all different people that got their eyes on the book and sent me feedback, sent me everything. And so that made a huge difference for the book being what it is today. And, um, and ultimately I think being, uh, better. Because so I wanted to ask you to read an excerpt of uh, out of the book as well. Okay. Uh, while while we have you, if you could. Uh... Oh man, what am I gonna read? I you're the first person to ask me to read an excerpt from the book, so I gotta like pick what I'm gonna read. Um, 
Let me see here. Yeah, I was curious if there was like any ones where you're like, man, that felt good. Like that was. There's one that's like awesome. But then I'm like, I think you need to buy my book to get that one. You know what I mean? So it's like, (laughs) it's one of those, like, it's one of those, like, do I, uh, do I, do I read it or do I make you buy my book so you can read it? Like, you, you like know, a like, second oh, favorite? I'm no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll read, I'll read, I'll read my favorite. Um, okay. So uh, this is uh, called You Won the Lottery. Um, and uh, well, I don't know if you can see it. Well, you won the lottery. Um, and uh, it's from Lamentations 3, uh, 22 through 23. Uh, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So this idea of like every morning is like a gift. Every new day is a gift. And, um, and like seeing God's love and compassion, even in each new day. Um, and so I'll just read the whole, the whole reflection. Um, Cause it'll make sense. I think if I read the whole reflection, uh, if you ask either of my sons, what they will be when they grow up, they'll both tell you NBA superstars. They will probably tell you about the team they think they'll play for, the draft picks they'll be, and the million-dollar shoe deals they'll inevitably score. They have it all figured out. <laughs> they have it all figured out, exactly. Uh, it's fun to watch kids dream big uh, to help them develop an understanding of what they value in life. Recently, I asked my son Beckett a series of questions to challenge his growing love of money, but also to remind him that getting up in the morning, even for school, is a gift. I asked him if he wanted $100,000. It was clear I had gotten his attention. And he asked, how? I said, I will give it to you. He said, yes, I'll take it. Uh, Then I said, well, there's one thing. Uh, You would only have one month left to live. He immediately shook his head and said, no way. And I asked why. And he said, it's not worth it. I kept upping the dollar amount and minimizing the number of days left to live. I finally asked him, if I gave you $100 million, would you take it? And he said, probably not, but how many days? (laughs) And I replied, you won't wake up tomorrow morning. And he said, heck no. Then I said, so tomorrow, when your alarm goes off for school, just remember, you won the lottery. He looked at me blankly. and I said, you just told me that tomorrow is more valuable than $100 million. So when you open your eyes in the morning, you'll have won the lottery. How cool is that? And uh, obviously we go into like, there's a daily takeaway portion and a gratitude and action portion. You'll have to get the book for that. But I mean, that type of story for me is more like, um, we don't wake up in the morning and think we won the lottery. We wake up in the morning often already stressed about how the day is starting, about the frustrations we know we're going to have to deal with at work or the traffic on the way to the job or the realities of just uh, any number of stressors and things in our lives. Yet, if someone offered us lots of money uh, to only live a minimal amount of life left, um, we would always, or for the most part, I'm sure there's scenarios where you could say, well, I'll leave it to someone I love and I'll make a sacrifice. I, I mean, there's a conversation with my son. I'm not trying to have like an ethical dilemma type conversation like that. But, but I guess what I'm saying is for the most part, most of us would choose um, to open our eyes the next morning, you know, and, um, and I think we don't often reflect on the fact that we value life that much, that we value our own life that much. And when we actually pause and reflect on a, on it, it, especially to start our day, it opens us up to 
reinterpreting a lot of the stuff we have to work through as humans. Like we're going to have problems in life. We're going to have stress. We're going to have grief. We're going to have difficulty. And, um, and I think centering ourselves on gratitude and, you know, it being real like that, like, uh, comparing it to some other metric of, um, you know, value, uh, right. reminds us how important, um, it is. And I mean, a lot of the, you know, neurological studies that are done about gratitude, it's like, it really does change the way you focus the rest of the day when you have that kind of epiphany or you acknowledge that kind of epiphany of, wow, like I do really value the fact that my eyes open this morning. Um, there are people in this world whose eyes did not open this morning. Um, like when we think like that, we begin to like see each day as a legitimate blessing. And I mean, for those who follow Jesus, we, we see it as like, oh, wow, like I have an opportunity to love and be loved by the creator of the universe. Like um, that's, that's pretty cool to enter into that calling and to have another day to do that. So, so, I mean, that, that's kind of what you're going to get with this devotional. Um, you're also going to get other like more specific kind of challenges of thankfulness. Um, but some of it's going to be kind of this meta idea of like, Hey, how do you like reframe the way you even think about life, like your life? So yeah, that's probably, that's yeah. probably my favorite. Yeah. That, that kind of like makes me think of like, here's, here's a question kind of spinning off of that. You mentioned the word, like, you know, challenging people to, to, um, you know, grasp uh, gratitude in, in, in this way that you just described with each devotional. Is there an action item? Is there yeah. like, yeah. So I'll go ahead and read the rest of that one. I don't really care. Uh, let me see here. Um, so that one was, sorry, I got to find it again. Um, so, so each day has two things. It has like this, the, the, the verse, and then like the main section, and then it has a daily takeaway, and then it has a gratitude and action. So on this day, it says the daily takeaway is this each day is a gift from God. God's love for us is renewed every day, breathing life into our spirit and never failing us. From this place, we grow in gratitude and see each new day as a beautiful gift far more valuable than any possession. And so that's kind of like your centering, like daily takeaway. Like today, each day is a gift from God is what I'm centering on. Like that's what I'm, then the gratitude and action is kind of like this thing that you take with you in the sense of this is an opportunity to actually act out of gratitude. And so gratitude and action for this day is today you won the lottery. Take a moment to reflect on God's love in your life and your gratitude for this gift. Carry these thoughts and feelings with you as you move throughout your day. Um, there are, you know, there's a spot for reflection writing. Um, some, some prompts at the end of a day are going to be very like, um, direct and like, uh, do this, uh, other prompts at the end of a day are going to be more like nuanced, like this one, where it's like, Hey, you take that and do what you need to do with that information today, uh, go out and, you know, maybe just be aware, but it also might be that by going out and being aware, you're going to like, you know, set a, you're going to change the title of your alarm to say, you know, a new day, or I won the lottery, or, you know, I, I don't know, yeah. like, like, um, but more just to say, like, uh, some things are very much kind of choose your own adventure in the sense of like, you get to, you get to take this information and apply it to your life how you want. Other days are right. a lot more directed where it's like, hey, I want you to do this, the, write these three yeah. things down or something like that. So there's oh. a lot of space for writing in the book um, at the end of each section. And then every once in a while, 
uh, like, I, I don't know if it's every five or so, but every few you get like a couple pages of blank notes to write if you're kind of one of those people who really like to journal. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, so what about this is like, um, maybe like, is this like from, I don't know how to ask this. Like, is this from like a man's perspective or like, (laughs) I mean, obviously, but like, I'm just like, what makes this like for men, you know? It's it's really good. You asked this because when I was asked to write this, I was told it was a gratitude devotional for men. The four men part made me really hesitant to write it. Um, And I say that from the standpoint of like uh, my work and knowledge and understanding of the LGBT community. um, While I do believe uh, there's value in gender specific things, I also understand that like um, that can come across as very macho slash, uh, well, not just, not just um, macho and like overly macho, a lot of like men's devotionals are that. Um, but then on top of that, it can come across as misogynistic and other, there's, there's just a lot of toxicness. Right. There's a lot. Listen, in the men's, in the men's (laughs) category that I'm in, there is a lot of toxic crap. I'm just going to say that. Like when I go on Amazon and I look at that, uh, the current number one book in my category, as far as I'm concerned, um, if we're going to be banning books, maybe that one. Um, so, uh, sorry, not sorry, not sorry. Um, (laughs) So that's the, that's the, the, the particular, um, and by the way, I just want to be clear. So no one knows I'm like, I'm not for banning books. I'm just saying, I'm just saying that particular book, there's, there's a particular author in my category. Who's number one in that particular category. Who's, who's making a theological argument for spousal abuse. So these are the men in my category. I'm just saying, so I already so knew. Say, when you say four men, it's, well, There's let's start. A stigma, yeah, potentially. Ex- exactly. And I knew that stigma before I ever even took the call with the author when they reached out. So like, I was even concerned about that. So in talking with the author, they are LGBT affirming, they are um, pro women in ministry, they are so, so they you were, I exactly. And I had blunt conversations with them. because I'm like, I'm not getting into a relationship with an with a with a publishing company that's not um, you know, progressive on these issues. And so, so that was helpful to know that they were there, but then it was like, well, d- does it need to be a men's devotional? Like why? And part of their reasoning was that they're really, <laughs> why? Part, part of the reasoning was there's really nothing or not many, hardly any. Um, I honestly, right now in the new release category, because this is a new release, um, I mean, it's pre-order right now, but it will be in the new release area of the rankings for a while. Like there's nothing that's progressive in that area. There's no one, there's no authors that are LGBT affirming in that area right now. Like, so, so they wanted that. They, they were like, this is kind of a desert where we feel like there's opportunity here for, you know, um, people like you, Justin, who maybe want a men's devotional. Um, now that being said, um, it's being marketed as a men's devotional. That's what, that's the market they wanted to hit. And look, as publishers, they have to do their analysis on like, Hey, what is out there, you know, what, what kind of books can we put out there that can be successful? That's their job. And so, so they've done that homework and they've, they've, they chose this particular, you know, shell of a book for me to, 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 to work out um, with that being the main idea. It's for men and it's a gratitude devotional. When I went into writing this, I didn't go in with this wouldn't relate to Allie. 
like the one I just read you, right? How much of that was for a man? Like, so, so I guess what I'm saying is it's being marketed to a man. And I will say this, I want to own my own bias and my own privilege in being a man. And in that case saying, I don't expect that this would relate to a woman. Like that's not my expectation. Like someone asked if I was going to, someone like tongue in cheek asked, are you going to write one for women? And I'm like, no, (laughs) like I'm not writing (laughs) anything for women. Uh, What do I know about women? Like, I I guess, I guess I'm just like, I mean, I obviously I know women in the sense that I know I have friends that are women, but I'm not, I'm not an authority to speak on that. There's multiple people I know who would be the better authority to write on that. Um, So I do think it's a men's devotional in that it's written from a man's perspective. It's stories that are from my life that uh, because I'm a man are going to be my stories. But I also think like they're, they're very relatable stories for people who aren't men um, or, you know, and even the story I share about my sons there, it's like, you don't have to be a parent to connect with that story. You don't have to have a son to connect with that story. You don't have to be a father to connect with that story. So I tried to think about some of that stuff as I wrote in here, you know, we have Marge in our community. Marge's stories in this book, you know, because I don't, you know, uh, you know, That's I don't, cool. I don't, I don't care that, you know, men need women who are role models too. Like, so, so, um, so I guess what I'm saying is like, I, I, while it is being marketed to men, I, I'm interested to see the the feedback that I get as women read it. Um, because, because maybe it is more of a book for men. Um, obviously the, the writing time I had here of eight weeks, a lot of it is a blur and there's certain parts of it I'm reading and I'm like, oh yeah, I wrote that. I forgot. <laughs> like, like there's certain parts that it's like, because it was such a blur that, um, and, and honestly, because I've read three different versions of it, you know what I mean? Cause the editing process yeah. that I'm like, oh, that's right. That's how that ended. That's how we, that's how I remember the paragraphs that got cut out of that and re-added and like, and oh, that's how that fits now. I forgot. So I'm sure there's things I'm going to read and be like, yeah, that's probably more suited for a man or, or, or yeah, that, that probably doesn't relate as much to women. But I think for the most part, every one of these, you know, or most of them uh, would relate to men and women and it's being primarily marketed, obviously marketed to men. So, yeah. Gotcha. Well, thank you for, for your explanation on that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and, and, and for me, like if you would have asked me, Hey, Justin, what's your first book ever going to be like at the start of 2021, I would have been like, this would never have come out of my mouth. Like, like I would never have been like, you know, I think I'm the authority on gratitude for men. Like uh, that would not have been uh, uh, my uh, my go-to uh, first book. Many people have reached out and been like, wow, I thought your first book would have been very different than this. And I'm like, me too. Um, but when you get an opportunity that kind of falls in your lap like this and, yeah. you know, um, it's not ever like some weird moments have been when I've logged on to Target and seen my book for sale at Target. It's for sale at Target and Walmart and, you know, just places that I'm like, dang, that's, that's weird. Like even seeing the Amazon page, it's weird, you know? And so you get to work with an established publisher who has legitimate distribution, who most of their authors make, you know, top 10 lists in their category, Um, you know, and it's looking like this, this has got really close to the top 10 already a couple of times, just in pre-sales and it hasn't even gone into week one sales yet. So it's like, it's a, it's hard to say no to an opportunity like that when it kind of falls in your lap, even if it's not necessarily the book I first saw myself writing, not to mention this, this could very well open a lot of doors for me to write some of the books that maybe are the topics that I'm a little more passionate about. Um, 
And and for those of you, real quick, just yeah, aside, yeah. for those of you that don't know, <laughs> Justin is an eight on the Enneagram, which is a challenger. <laughs> so but, I mean, a book I'm, on gratitude is maybe not <laughs> naturally the place that you would you would start, but no, uh, no, for yeah, me, very I, challenging personality. Yeah, so yeah. looking forward to to the the stuff that you do get to delve into next yeah and it's good you say that because you know the intersection of gratitude and justice has been really difficult for me i'll just be honest because so often when you work in any justice oriented work or any work that's trying to reorganize systems and make them more equitable um you the first thing you see is the flaws right because that's what you're supposed to see like eights are meant to walk into a room and see everything that's messed up and fix it. Like, and um, that has really served me well in so many ways in my life because I've been able to fix systems, systematize love for people. Like that's my, I feel like that's my life gift. Yeah. 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 And that, and that's really good. The problem is as an eight, there's a lot of good happening, even in broken systems sometimes. And you fail to be grateful for the good that's happening. Um, so this mm-hmm. book has been a challenge for me personally, too, to have more praise and thanksgiving for even the things that like I, even in the broken systems, being more like, okay, there's some really good stuff going on here, though. Like, how do we get there? How do we, how do we transform this? Now, there's, we all get exhausted sometimes and are like, look, we just burn it to the ground. Like I, there's days, like, I'm not saying there's not those days. I'll be real with you. I'll keep it a hundred. But, um, but I think this book has made me more grateful for um, even the process of becoming a more equitable community that like, okay, even as I talk to other people, like I have some friends right now who are pastors who are in the process of, um, learning and discovering about the LGBT community and I'm in dialogue with them. They are not affirming. They are not, I have, I'm under no impression they're going to land at affirming. Right. Um, but I'm right. talking to them regularly. I'm investing in them and I'm seeing, I'm more grateful that they're open to a conversation. That's kind of where my gratitude starting. They're open to a conversation. Don't burn this bridge. Keep it alive. Like, and so I guess a, a younger me, a younger eight would be like uh, when I had a very principled opinion, um, would be like, um, would just kind of wash my hands and walk away maybe, or I wouldn't give them as much time of day. And, and I'm applying this to even things personally in my life, not just that issue, but, um, so yeah, I've learned a lot about gratitude, even in this process of, yeah, that was going to be one of my questions. Like, how did this impact your, yeah, your, your own gratitude? Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's challenging and personal. And I would say like, um, yeah, I, so I had a lot of good gratitude practices in my life through some other instruments and tools, uh, that I, that I had. So that was, you know, helpful. Like I have a book called the daily stoic that I read. That's kind of like, a it sits on my desk. Um, and it's kind of a book that like, I can go to every once in a while for just like a daily reflection. Sometimes it, it often is recentering on gratitude principles, not always, but um, it often is. And so like, um, so in mindfulness stuff, I was really, uh, I read uh, 
I think it's Carol Dweck's book, Mindfulness, and some other some other books that have really challenged me in some of that. And so I had already kind of had a lens into that. For for me, it was the interesting thing was discovering how much of it was in the Bible that I've never really stopped to like pause and be like, oh, that's right. The tradition I'm a part of, the you know, being a pastor, studying this text, which I've studied, um, not studying the Bible theologically, but studying the Bible from a gratitude like lens was very interesting to switch and put on um, and kind of like be like, oh, wow. Yeah. I've interpreted that passage a lot before, but I've never really like paused and been like, oh yeah, every morning's a new morning. Like that's, that's kind of the point. Like that's kind of the point of that passage. Like, um, so like you've so, you've dissected but, it every other way. Yeah, yeah, and 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 like every morning being a new morning, uh, means that like my failures yesterday don't have to be the way I interpret who I am today. Like, like that's really liberating and freeing, and that is grace. That is love, and um, I think living a life of gratitude means you have to extend yourself a lot of grace and a lot of love and a lot of people struggle to love themselves and have grace with themselves yeah. and so yeah. I think I've learned a little bit better how to love myself and have grace with myself in certain things and um so yeah it's been helpful in that way uh I mean since this is the belong collective I'll even get really personal like um the last conversation I had with my mentor Jason before he passed away um in November um I think partially because I was writing this book, I became aware of just how much gratitude I had for him and for him being in my life. Like um, not many people, young people at 17 years old, meet somebody that is a leading influence in their life from 17 to 37. Um, it's very rare actually. So, uh, for him to be the first person I called, you know, in my life after I got fired from the bridge, after I lost my license, the first person I called, uh, you know, when I proposed to Brittany, like just things that are like, he was the first, you know, on so many of those pivotal life moments, you know, that because he was such an influence in my life. And so like, I just let him know, um, over the phone, we knew it was likely going to be our last conversation. And, um, and I'm so glad I did that. And I don't know if I wasn't writing this book, if I would have been as mindful of just how much of a blessing and just like how grateful I was for, for that. So it's impacted my life in that way a lot, like to, to like yeah. look back and, and, and think more like it, it's, it's been a hard, hard to grieve that loss. I'm not, I, I don't want to, I don't want to make it sound like butterflies and rainbows. I'm still grieving that. And that's something that right. um, I'm confident I will be grieving for some time, but. Um, that's really powerful though. And, and I yeah. think too, I mean, I don't know if you feel this way, but it sounds like to me, i a great way to even honor him and you know to, yeah. to even just acknowledge he yeah. impacted you know how you approached yeah. the writing and um, oh yeah yeah jason jason was jason was the first call i made when i got the offer to write this book he was the very first call i made um oh, that's cool. so i literally remember 
my, I'll tell you exactly. So I was at camp. I was in Camp Hill at Monkey Joe's with my kids. They were bouncing around in bounce houses. And uh, I got the email with the offer. And I texted him, hey, you got time to talk? And uh, I walked outside of Monkey Joe's and I paced back and forth because that's what I do when I talk on the phone. If you've ever talked on the phone with me, I'm pacing all over the place if I'm not in my car driving. Um, so, uh, and I just paced back and forth outside in the parking lot while talking to him on the phone for about an hour and a half about the book. Yeah. And I mean, uh, so, uh, I mean, to get really personal and you'll see this when you buy the book is that um, it is dedicated to him. So like the, the dedication portion is um, dedicated to him and you can, you know, read that if you get it. And, um, and at the That's very awesome. back, at the very back in the acknowledgements, I just want to make this known because um, I'm not under any understanding that everyone at the belong collective will get this book, but um, in the back uh, I do list uh, the belong collective under the acknowledgements portion um, and just, um, uh, you know, uh, say that the belong collective your support has meant the world and i mean i i know that so many of you when you found out i was writing this book like reached out to me emailed me saw me in person and uh were supporting me and just telling me how much you were looking forward to reading the book before you even knew what the book was so um yeah that means a lot and that's uh that support uh has meant a ton and uh, ali you're in the acknowledgements too because you're one of those people i call when uh things like this uh, get, you know, these type of opportunities happen. So, uh, I think, I think if, if there's people listening that, you know, have had someone who's been, you know, a mentor or, you know, someone who's been part of their life in a meaningful way, it's like, I was watching a video on TikTok the other day. Um, cause you know, that's where everything is now. Um, and I thought this was fascinating. Um, they had a sign, they were on a college campus. And they had a sign that said, call someone on your phone and tell them you love them and we'll give you $5. And they just had $5 cash, like multiple $5 bills. And so these people were like making phone calls. They're like, hey, hey, dad, just wanted to call and tell you I love you. And the dad's like, what's wrong? And he's like, nothing's wrong. I just wanted to call and tell you I love you, man. Like, and, 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 uh, and, and the dad's seriously like, no, what's going on, man? What's, 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 what's the deal? He's like, I'm just, I'm just calling to tell you I love you. And, and you just, you saw these convert because they put them on speaker and they were, they were having these conversations. And by the end of the phone calls, the people would not take the $5. They just walk away. Like no one was taking the $5 because and some people got very emotional. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, because we often don't pause and actually like, just say, I love you right. or just say, I'm so thankful that you're in my life. And so um, I guess part of me sharing that story, even with Jason is like, um, tell people that are in your life that you're thankful for. Like I, in that last conversation I had with Jason, like I told him how much he meant to my life. And I was very raw and honest with him about how, like, I don't think I would be where I am um, or be the man I am today without him. And like, there's probably people in your life that have had impacts in your life. And usually we like, we wait for moments to say it like the one I waited for. I wish I would have said it more often. I mean, um, and I think having a gratitude practice that's like daily does really help you be more mindful and aware of those opportunities um, because they're not, they're not, they're not there forever. So, you know, yeah. take advantage of them when you can, when you can acknowledge them. Very cool. Well, so is there anything that stuck out to you 
in this process that like, uh, I guess surprised you like, and that could mean that's a, that's a very general question. Like as far as like either the content or the process or like maybe the, the timeline, like, was there something that like really just like, uh, kind of caught you by surprise? Yeah. I would say there's been a lot of like random surprises along the way. Like the timeline is very surprising. And, um, some of, you know, Brittany's in art school right now. So we had made the decision as a family that she was going to go to the art school in the fall. And then I got offered this book, which like the back end of like the last three weeks of me writing this book would butt up against the first three weeks of her art school. And so, um, you know, uh, when we decided that we would do like, cause I mean, this wasn't my decision. This was our decision to make, like, are we going to do this? Um, you know, we knew that was going to be challenging. There's going to be three weeks there where like, um, I'm going to be pretty busy and you're going to be pretty busy with art school. And so like trying to even prepare for that and plan for that. And, you know, Brittany, you know, supports me through so many things. Like, um, this book was going to be dedicated to her, um, before Jason's passing. And it still very much is dedicated to her because were it not for her, um, support, it wanted to happen. And so, um, that was, you know, the timeline was challenging. And then I think part of that timeline that was challenging was, and part of the reason it was challenging was that I needed to go on like author retreats. Cause I just know the way my mind works. I need to get away from everything, lock yeah. myself in a hotel room for a few days and just write. Um, I think it was challenging to me The the most like challenging or surprising thing was writing 70 devotionals was a lot more challenging than I thought. Not because writing 70 devotionals is hard. I feel like I could actually write 70 devotionals tomorrow, um, like in eight weeks, pretty easy. But when they all have to kind of like have this through line of gratitude, that became yeah. really challenging. And it became like, especially after you've written 60 things on gratitude, and you're just like, I have nothing left, man. This just seems so, because to me, writing them and then also re-editing them and going over them, it's like, this this is so fluffy now like this like uh, by day seven they're gonna be like come on like you know like I, and it just you kind of get this vibe of like it's not different enough right um right. and and uh and so that was a little bit surprising because of how challenging it was to make them interesting and different and unique and try not to have any days that were just like throwaway days like that's not what this book's for there's not like yeah. i'm not trying to put fluff in here and like you know, have certain days be amazing and then other days be whatever. Certain days are probably going to connect with you more than others. But my hope was that it was a pretty well-rounded, you know, book. And so that was challenging, I would say, uh, or surprising, surprising, challenging. Uh, and then um, the editing process was surprising a lot. Um, you know, when you read this, I sound like a writer. I am not a writer uh, because editors make you sound like a writer. It's great. It's a, it's an awesome thing. I love editors. Um, and having three editors work on this. Uh, so getting all different feedback, uh, some of it being very grammatical, some of it being very like, hey, I need more content on this over here and less content over here. And you being like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you probably want to know more about that and less about this. And so that was pretty cool. Um, I was surprised. Yeah, I mean, like as a, yeah. as a pastor for, for however many years, you know, it's just like, 
Yeah. You're, you're on your own and you're, you know, producing a, a Sunday message and exactly. no one's in the background telling you. <laughs> I get, well, maybe they are. I get feedback <laughs> after I, I get feedback after I can no longer edit it. Um, right. So, right. so, um, so it's very, it <laughs> yeah, we're doing it live. Um, uh, kudos if you get that reference. Um, so the, uh, the, the, that, that was, you know, pretty a pretty cool process humbling at times to be like hey we're just gonna throw this whole one out and you're like i don't know if i have another one like you know what i mean like this feeling of like exhaustion toward the finish line where you're like okay so i have three left now because you just gave me another one uh dj khaled type moment another one um so uh uh that was challenging at times but but the it was surprising that i finished in the timeline that they gave me i met all my i met all my deadlines which when the deadlines were written, I was like, we'll see. <laughs> like that was kind of my, that was kind of my uh, way of thinking about it. Like, eh, I guess we'll see. Um, so I met all my deadlines, which uh, at times going into even a week, I was like, I don't know if this is going to happen. Um, so that was surprising. Some of the other surprises were like, just how Jesus centered it, it, it became. Like I knew it was going to be, um, you know, a devotional so it's going to be scripture but um i really was able to emphasize the new testament and they're like the one i read you was lamentations that's old testament but the old testament passages are largely the proverbs which is wisdom and you know literature and and lamentations and things like that and so um i was able to emphasize the new testament and, and talk about jesus and make it jesus centered which to me was important and so um it in that way, I was thankful the publisher allowed me to do that uh, and write it in my from my own kind of theological lens. They wanted my theological lens. That's that's what they wanted. So that was that was like I was surprised because I didn't know if it was going to be like sign on the dotted line, start the process, and then kind of have the rug pulled out from under you, and they want something different than what you kind of right. talked about. Like, so well, you said it this way, but like, can you say it this yeah. way? <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was, I was at times curious if I might get one of those things, which um, I'll just say like, Callisto, yeah, Callisto Media and, and Rockridge Press have been like, super great to work with um, in the whole process. So that's been, that's been really awesome. Um, and then probably the final thing surprising was just like, holding this thing in my hand and see, I, I well, actually, before that, seeing it on Target's website, I don't know why Target, like, I, I don't know why Target was a big deal. But Target was one of the first, the first non-Amazon ones to have it. And so yeah. like, um, I, I would, made it every, time. I know it's like, mom, I made it. Uh, I'm at Target. Uh, so, uh, so, so what, what was interesting was when they, they created the Amazon link and, you know, you could go to Google and just type in gratitude devotional for men. And every day or every other day or whatever, I would like log on and see, I'm like, Oh, cool. It's on Amazon now, you know? And then, um, and by the way, like the publisher doesn't even tell me this. It just showed up. Like I knew it was coming out. I knew the date it was coming out. And I'm like, it's gotta be on Amazon soon. Like, cause these, you know, these books get out there. And, and um, so I saw the Amazon link and then like the next day it was on like indie books or something like that, or, you know, just by Googling it. And I'm like, Oh, that's cool. And then it was like, I don't know, like three or four or five days after it went on Amazon, I Googled it. And then it was like target. And I was like, what? It's going to be at target. And then I clicked on the link and I was like, I don't know. I think that for some reason, that moment hit me different than the other ones. I don't have any allegiances to target. It's usually where I go and, you know, roam around 
while my wife makes a bunch of purchases, you know? So uh, it's not really like my favorite store. It's just, it was just interesting. And if it's ever actually in a Target, if you ever see it in the wild, you know, at a Target or a Walmart or somewhere, that would be pretty amazing. I don't know. Uh, that's all based on like week one sales and all the pre-order sales. But uh, but yeah, it's it's kind of weird to be able to say I'm an author, like, cause I don't really feel, yeah. uh, I don't know. I, I don't feel any different. I just wrote this, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a weird feeling. Um, yeah. It's humbling for sure. You know, very cool. So I don't know if you want to wrap up, uh, with any like closing thoughts or like to your readers or potential readers, the belong collective community, or anything you want them to know well i said this last week and i just want to make this clear like i i have like integrity issues with pastors who promote their stuff at their church and then like the church buys a bunch of it and then gives it out and then like really what they're doing is padding that pastor's like amazon stats and like there's a lot of ethical garbage that happens in that um uh and so um it's hard for me not to share what i've been working with with all of you, like you're, you're part of the reason this was able to happen. So like, I want to share that with you. Um, so my desire to do this in an ethical way is also to say, if you're here and you want this book and you can't afford this book, or it would put you in any financial stress to buy the book, email me justin at the belong collective.com and you will have a free book and it will be between you and me. Um, I'm not trying to Uh, I don't make royalties on this book. So you buying it doesn't make me money. It certainly could open up other opportunities. If I get on a list, it could open future publishing opportunities. So I don't want to, I don't want to fail to acknowledge that the sale of this book will have um, positive impacts potentially in my life. But I guess more what I'm trying to say is I know this community supports me and therefore like I, I wanted to give you an opportunity to hear about what I'm, what I've done and, and have an opportunity to support it. Cause I know you'd probably just support it if I was only sharing it on my Instagram, but it's something that I think also overlaps with much of what we do. We, we, we have interviewed authors. We have uh, talked about topics that are, um, you know, various in, in kind. I mean, I even have here just a little while ago, we interviewed Bridget Eileen Rivera and um, talked about her book, Heavy Burdens. So it's like, we've, we've, we've done these, you know, very specific um, conversations. And so I thought it would be good for us to do that. But I, I also wanted to make sure that like, um, no matter who you are, where you're at, what your situation is, no questions asked. If you email me and you need a book, justin at the belong collective.com, uh, I will need your, uh, your, mailing address but other than that i don't need any other details so um yeah and so for those of you who want to buy it though there's a few options um obviously amazon's an option and you know part of it is amazon does have an impact because most people like target from what i'm told by my publisher target and walmart and all those places they wait till week one sales and then they look at those numbers and rankings and such and that's whether they determine to have it in store so look I, some people have problems with Amazon. I totally get it. Um, there, it will be available at Midtown Scholar for those of you in Central PA. Um, so it'll be available there uh, probably this coming week. Um, and those will actually be signed copies that you can pre-order. So I'll be going in there and doing a signing with them. Uh, so shout out to Midtown Scholar for that. Um, 
and it's probably it's available at like indie books and some other places like like those types of websites that are more um for those of you who understand the book industry and understand the publishing industry and some of those you know that are more about books than you know amazon is in the sense of like they actually really are trying to support authors and things like that those those types of websites are holding it to barnes and noble you know um and so yeah yeah buy it wherever you prefer to buy things i don't really care where you buy it um and um eventually i'll even have some um like available for sale because the publishers will get me copies as well the publisher will get me copies as well so if you even need awesome. to wait for that I'll, I'll have them so yeah if you need copies there you go i don't really know what else to say to close it out other than like I'm just incredibly thankful for this community support, your support, Ali. And um, I think, you know, last week I ended because we started kind of this gratitude series last week. And I, I ended with saying like gratitude in a large part is like where you decide to look and, you know, where are you looking? Are you kind of so focused on the negative in your life? You're failing to like see some of the positive things. And so like, um, I think like, even if you don't get this book or even if gratitude is not that important to you, it's like, um, considering where your focus is really does impact your quality of life and your quality of even your spiritual life. And, um, and I'm not saying that's easy. That's hard. Cause sometimes I fail to focus where I should. Um, but I think trying to put practices in place that help you bring your focus back to what you have in your life to be grateful for is really, 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 um, just helpful, uh, as a human being. So, yeah. Absolutely. Well said. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for like, this is cool. Like, I mean, I have very few author friends in my life and like, it's cool. It's cool to be like, this, this guy's my friend and he's an author. You've got cooler author friends than me. Yeah, We both have a friend that's an author that's way cooler than me. We know this. We know this. And that person knows who they are. We're just going to leave that Easter egg there. Really? What? Who'd you say knows who they are? The author friend that's way cooler oh, oh, than oh. I am. Yeah. 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 You know who yeah, I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Inside Should jokes here. What? We say. I mean. I mean. You should just, you know, if you know, you know. No, I'm just <laughs> if kidding. If you know, you know. <laughs> Everyone go buy Lauren Castillo's books. All of them. Every yep, one of them is good and they're amazing. Know. That has nothing to do, has nothing to do with this, 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 uh, has nothing to do with this conversation, but, um, yeah. Lauren Castillo. Yep. Yeah. She's yeah. author, illustrator, illustrator, amazing, very talented. She was going to illustrate the cover of this book, but I knew if she did, it would probably win all kinds of awards and I wasn't ready for that kind of fame yet. So I held off, I held off maybe the next book, maybe the next book, Lauren. All right. I can't have you, uh, can't have you, uh, you know, taking all my credit all right so next one <laughs> <laughs> you just finished another episode of beyond boundaries thank you so much for tuning in please rate review and share the podcast also make sure to visit the links in the description finally consider donating to my dad's patreon or venmo it helps cover all the costs of hosting this podcast in all the places you enjoy listening any amount helps all the links are in the description of this podcast May you go and live a life that is beyond boundaries, giving others love, exploring new ideas, and championing belonging.